If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, this question, I cannot wait to ask you. I'm wondering if you have ever been to a fusion restaurant. (laughs) Jill, I'm a little leery of fusion restaurants. Um, kind of a purist when it comes to certain things. So I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. And so you can imagine there's a a lot of interesting cuisine here, but there's like an Asian Mexican fusion. And then there's like a, gosh, is it like a Greek Asian or because I can't reconcile it in my mind. I don't even like the food on my plate to touch each other. So Uh like, this is like, this is wild, but here's, (laughs) here's why it connects. So we got this wonderful idea from Michelle Hurley, who teaches music in K through five at national shrine of the little flower in Royal Oak. That's the archdiocese of Detroit. And she explained to me how they, as a parish school, were able to combine two things that I know I'm interested in your reaction to this, Colleen, because they're very different ideas. So praise and worship. So I'm thinking loud music and guitars and like praise and worship time with students clapping and clapping and just like being joyful. Right. And combining that with adoration. Uh, can't reconcile it in my mind. So give me a right, right, right. Okay. So let me tell you more. So, I mean, the quote from her is there's a way to do adoration while listening to praise and worship. So in working with her pastor, they did this for the first time about a year ago, and then they keep doing it. And the credit goes to father Mark Livingston, but they do the exposition and then they do four songs four adoration songs. Then they move into quiet music and procession. And, you know, keep in mind too, this is K through five. So this is young children. You're teaching them about the real presence in the Eucharist so that as you're exposing the blessed sacrament and you're adoring, they're also, they're young kids. So they are, I don't know, they're learning to pray in the silent, but they're also able to celebrate pretty loudly or pretty, you know, when you focus that energy into song and worship, I love praise and worship. I love, I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I do like in the cars is what I'm listening to is like Catholic Christian rock, you know, like I I'm all about that. So combining it with adoration, I think might show kids the range of worship if it's done well. Okay. I don't know. I'm, Jill, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this. Okay. Okay. So, and I'm trying like to find a fusion something. restaurant. Okay. So like, okay. see, I knew you'd like this. 
Yeah. So okay. So a fusion things. restaurant, like I can't, okay. I, I would go, maybe you and I should get together and go to a fusion restaurant. We can report back. Okay. What kind okay. of experience was that? But I'm willing to try. I'm trying to think of something in my mind. That's like a mashup of something that really works. And of course, where does my mind always go to music? And there are times when musical mashup, like even if you think about sampling and music today, mm-hmm. you know, pulling stuff from the sixties and seventies and integrating it into music today, it works. Let me work, say, work so the to part the that we're struggling here. with, the, so adoration is usually silent. Silent. You are listening. And you I can are... only do adoration in silence. So I'm trying to step out of myself here. Yeah. So you're putting yourself in front of the blessed sacrament in silence and saying, mm-hmm. let me listen to you, Lord. I'm here. Yes. I've arrived. I'm here to be with you. And I think the biggest piece here, and this is all of us in lay ministry, all of us as teachers, even as school leaders, everybody, it's about kind of surrendering your own understanding to those who are in clergy. So our pastors, whoever is guiding us from a spiritual point of view to say like, Hey, I have this wild idea. How can we do this correctly? You know, so I think there's a piece of that because it is the pastor's church. So thinking through that, I, there's a place for this, but I think I'm personally struggling. Maybe you are too with the silent aspect. I of definitely, adoration. I definitely struggle with that. However, I do also understand where children are developmentally at different mm-hmm. ages. And so when you're looking at the littles and what they need and how they engage and what's going to make sense for them. I know that I've told you that I've seen kindergartners sit in silent adoration here in Phoenix at St. Matthew's. I've seen it. I've experienced it with them. It was amazing to me because you don't see that very often though. So when you think about, you know, little kids and what do they do? They want to experience, they want to move, they want to enjoy. And with music too, the impact of music on how they internalize learning is really significant. So I can see how this could be a beneficial experience of prayer for Mm -hmm. small children, right? Especially if you are able to get both sides of it. So you're enjoying the praise and worship, but then do we also get to the quiet where we can listen? Right. I don't think this idea came with the expectation that it's never a silent reverent moment. Like I, I think it's just, it's just a wild fusion of ideas because it seems like they are done separately. Okay. So imagine the impact though, praise and worship loud, joyful, all of that. Then imagine Mm -hmm. if in that moment it becomes silent. Mm -hmm. Think of that. I mean, that almost brings tears to my eyes to think you take this crowd who's like fired up for the Lord and then you silence them because of the real presence. Chill. So that's okay. That would actually be wonderful. We need to, again, a field trip over to, uh, Royal Oak and see that. That's what I'm thinking because I think for me, I'd need to experience it. When I go to silent adoration, when I go into the chapel and sit, Mm -hmm. I have to take seven to 10 minutes to clear my mind. Right. To get into the mindset. Right. Yeah. If there were music that's doing that for me and it's putting me into the proper mindset, that's doing that, that clearing for it's difficult for an individual to say to somebody, okay, just clear your mind. Yeah. Right. You have a million things going on in your life. It's very hard. It takes discipline to do that. It takes practice to do that. But with music, it's a little bit easier. Music takes you to a place and you go. So if you're already there, 
And then you can lead into that silent listening into the silent prayer. Right. And they, I don't know. I'm up for it, Jill. Yep. She, I mean, the plan was four songs, then quiet music, Mm. then procession. So I think we're imagining it as, as chaotic. I don't think it is. I think we're (laughs) teaching kids. (laughs) I think we're teaching children all the ways we pray and all the ways we do that in community, which is beautiful. Do your own kids do adoration? I don't know. And I, they do at the high school level, but elementary schools are all doing it differently. And actually my daughter's in the room. She's nodding or she's saying no, but she's aware of adoration. And as a family, as a parish, we have adoration, but it's not part of their weekly. Yeah. And my kids did. I, and I don't know what format it was. I have no idea if they did silent adoration, because when I try to take my boys to silent adoration Mm -hmm. with me, they're like, Oh, it's so quiet. Well, this is a great question for my student group. So we have student adoration before school every day. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's it's like music Tuesday or whatever. I mean, they do things Mm. in there that isn't silent. So it's led. So now my homework is to go wander down there to that chapel. We have two adoration chapels. So to go down to the student adoration chapel, which is before school and see what they're doing. So the answer might be right here in this building. (laughs) It it, it might be. This is one of those topics where it's like, I I do need to get outside of myself and, and be open. And just think about, this is one of those things I would love to put out there to other people and be like, what are your opinions on this? Because everybody, I do think everybody experiences prayer differently and should contribute to this conversation. So um, I do believe that is the bell though. So we're not going to continue that conversation just... Just no, right the homework's now. there that we're going to go out <laughs> yes. and ask. Thanks for the energy boost as we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune in next time for more great ideas from fellow teachers. Let's get back to class. See you next time.